Welcome to our Painesville Assembly of God podcast. Our desire is to connect people to a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. If this message touches your heart, we'd love to hear about it. Email us at info at or visit PainesvilleAG.com. We pray that this message will be an encouragement to your faith. Hey, welcome. We're so glad that you're joining us today as we continue our Jesus Way series. The Jesus Way, as we've said, is all about looking at the example and the teaching of Jesus. And uh, he, we, in fact, throughout Scripture, you see that many people say, Jesus, show me your way, or Lord, we want to know your way. In fact, Psalm chapter 25 and verse 4 says this, show me your ways, Lord, teach me your paths. And as we've talked about in this series in Exodus chapter 33, 13, Moses prayed this prayer. He said, now therefore, if I have found favor in your sight, please show me your ways that I may know you in order that I might find favor in your sight. You know, Moses asked the Lord, show me your ways. How important it is that we ask the Lord to show us his ways. Why? Because in the New Testament, Jesus made this I am statement in John 14, 6. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. The way, the truth, and the life. And there's an order to that. Jesus' way plus Jesus' truth brings about the Jesus' life. And as we jump into the message today and our next part of the Jesus Way series, I couldn't help but remember the show that was on the Discovery Channel. How many remember that show on the Discovery Channel called Dirty Jobs, a host by the name of Mike Rowe in that TV series uh, as it was filmed as he would accompany different employees in some of the most uh, uh, jobs that nobody else wanted to do. In fact, they were the, the most disgusting, messy, strange uh, occupational duties that, uh, that anyone would ever do. And Mike Rowe would be a part of some of those and he would clean sewers. Sometimes he would work in a local waste management uh, place. I remember one time uh, he joined this company that had to empty out porta potties. And uh, man, we're talking some dirty jobs. And uh, that show ran for about eight seasons, and then he tried to resurrect it again uh, with another show called Somebody's Gotta Do It. How many know there are jobs that just somebody's gotta do? They are just dirty jobs. And so as we look at the passage of Scripture we're going to look at today, I can't help but think about dirty jobs. If Mike Rowe and, and this series was happening back in Jesus' day, that one of the jobs that he probably would have done would be the job that we're going to look at in Scripture today that was reserved for the lowest of slaves and the lowest of servants. What job am I talking about? The job of washing feet, washing feet. So today we're going to jump into John chapter 13, and the time frame of this passage would have been just before Jesus was arrested and facing death. It's the time of the Passover, and uh, preparations were being made by Jesus and the disciples to eat the Passover meal together. Let's jump into it. John chapter 13, starting in verse 1. And it says this, it was just before the Passover festival. Jesus knew that the hour had come for him to leave this world and go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them, it says, to the end. It says that the evening meal was in progress and the devil had already prompted Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power, that he had come from God and was returning to God. So he got up from the meal 
and he took off his outer clothing and he wrapped a towel around his waist. After that, he poured water into a basin and he began to wash the disciples' feet, drying them with a towel that was wrapped around him. To fully grasp what is happening in this passage, we need to understand what this culture was all about. In fact, if you travel back in time, what Jesus, uh, during Jesus' day, they didn't have cars, they didn't have vehicles. In fact, they walked everywhere that they went. In fact, the roads, most of them were not paved, they were just dusty, dirt roads. And the shoes that they wore were open-toed sandals, and so you can imagine their feet would get quite dirty traveling back and forth. Not only on these dirt roads were people walking, but oftentimes they were walking their animals, their donkeys, their cattle, or, or other animals were also moving on these roads. And how many of you know that sometimes when there are animals on the same road where you're walking, there are landmines that you have to avoid. So you can imagine that this was a pretty dirty place and feet got quite dirty and smelly. You know, in fact, I've been on many missions trips, and some of the missions trips that I've been to, to some countries that also, when we went into the villages, had dirt roads, and there were animals, and, 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 and some of the animals, the cattle or, or things, were just tied up to the side of the road. Uh, I can imagine what it was like on some of these dusty, dirty roads. Our feet got quite dirty, but we had shoes and boots on, and our jeans and pants would get quite dusty. So you can imagine what it was like to walk these dusty roads with these open-toed shoes and, and again, in the dust and deep masses of mud that would just begin to surround someone's feet. So when you came to the home, oftentimes when you came up there, there was a, a basin with water that would be by the door and a towel so that when you came, you could clean off your shoe, you can clean off your feet. Kind of like when I go to somebody's home, uh, I want to take off my shoes because I don't want to track anything into their home. Similarly, it would be a time where you could have your feet washed and get a bit of a refreshing from there. So when it came to Roman culture, the area of washing feet had to do with socioeconomic class. Here in the U.S., we have three types of classes, lower class, middle class, upper class. Well, in the Roman culture, uh, they had the emperor and the emperor's family, and then there were those that worked in government, and then you had a working class uh, group of people, and below a working class group of people, there were servants who got paid. They were servants who worked in the house, and they got paid, and then oftentimes, there were those who had indentured themselves to others because there was a great debt to be paid. They wouldn't be paid for their work, and they were called slaves. And it was these slaves oftentimes that were the lowest of the low, and oftentimes they were the ones that would have to wash the feet of those that would come into the house. Now, this was a culture of honor and a culture of deference, and so you have to understand that in this culture, if you were the master, you didn't dare lower yourself to the place where you would wash feet. That was reserved for the lowest of low, the slave within your home to do. Otherwise, it would be a, a, a culture of deference. So normally, again, foot washing was done by the lowest of slaves. It was a peasant task. And in fact, oftentimes, if in, in a particular culture, it was so humiliating that even the disciples of rabbis would not even wash the feet of their masters. 
So again, I just want to give a little bit of background on what's happening. So here in this passage, for Jesus to get up from the table and to go over and to assume the position of a slave, to take off his outer garment, to wrap a towel around or a, 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 an apron around his waist and a towel in his hand, and to wash feet would have been uh, something that shocked the entire room. And in fact, it did. Radical humility. And so today, I want to just share with you three characteristics of the way of the towel. And the first characteristic is this. The way of the towel is to understand absolute humility can generate absolute love. Now, let's look again, John 13, 1. I want to go back to it for a moment. And this is what John 13, 1, this passage of Jesus washing feet, this is how it begins. It was just before the Passover festival, and Jesus knew that the hour had come For him to leave this world and go to the Father. And having, look at this, loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. Did you see the timing that this took place? This took place just before the Passover. In fact, it took place just before Jesus was about to be arrested and he was about to die on the cross. And rather than be preoccupied with his death, rather than being preoccupied with bearing the sin of the world or glorification, he was totally consumed with his love for his disciples. Knowing he would soon go to the cross and die for the sins of the world, you and I, we might be concerned about what was going to happen. We might be preoccupied with the things that were going to happen, but not with Jesus. In fact, he is still concerned with the needs of 12 disciples, 12 men that he loved. You see, his love is not impersonal. In fact, in the Greek, it says he loved to the end. Aistelos is the Greek word there, and it means he loved them to perfection, or he loved them to the uttermost. He loved them with a total fullness of love. Friends, I want you to know that not only did Jesus love those disciples, but Jesus loves you and I to the uttermost, to the end. He went the full way in demonstrating that love when he went to the cross for you and I. You see, love was his motivation. In fact, the nature of love is to be selfless in giving. If we look at that chapter that Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians chapter 13 about love, 1 Corinthians 13, 5 says that love does not seek its own. In fact, to distill the truth of 1 Corinthians 13 into one statement, we might say that the greatest virtue of love is humility. For it's humility that love proves itself and makes itself visible. You see, Christ's love and humility are inseparable. You can't see his love without his humility or his humility without his love. He could not have been so consumed with a passion for serving others if he was primarily concerned and preoccupied with himself. But what we see in verse 1 is that Jesus was not preoccupied with himself, but rather he was passionate about demonstrating his love right up to the very end for those he loved. You know, it's so easy to get preoccupied with ourselves, isn't it? With our problems, with our wants, with our desires. Uh, It's considered even acceptable and normal to promote yourself today, to praise yourself or to put yourself first. In fact, pride is considered a virtue for many, while humility is often considered weakness. Everyone, it seems, is screaming about his or her own rights today. It's my right and seeking to be recognized as someone important. 
If we look at a parallel passage, we see that this was the nature of the disciples on that very night. In fact, in Luke chapter 2, Luke chapter 22, verse 24, it says this, that a dispute arose among them as to which of them was considered to be the greatest. What a sickening picture, isn't it? This was happening on the very night of the Passover when they should have been there enjoying the very presence of Jesus. Instead, they were positioning themselves. Who is the greatest? His kingdom is going to come because they misunderstood what he was doing. And instead of humbling themselves, instead they were speaking about who is the greatest. And there, right there by the door the entire time was a basin and a towel. Everything was ready for someone who would say, you know what? There's no slave. There's no servant here. I'll be the one to wash feet. But nobody did. No one moved. No one was willing to serve. And yet the example that Jesus gave is very different. Rather than being preoccupied with himself, even at the hour when he knew his time was short, Jesus got up from the table and he picked up the towel. Picked up the towel. Friends, in a world that is so preoccupied with self and status, we need to take the way of Jesus, the way of the towel. What kind of change would it be if we positioned ourselves as servants and rather than talking about and being preoccupied with our own rights and our own position, if we as believers and disciples of Jesus would choose to serve by picking up the towel? Paul encourages the same posture as Jesus. Look what he says in Philippians chapter 2, verses 3 to 7. He says, do, not, uh, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. And look at this. In your relationship with others, with one another, have the same mindset as who Christ Jesus, who we just saw. And what did Jesus do? Who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. He's not preoccupied with himself, and he's not using his position to his own advantage. Rather, look at this, he made himself nothing, taking on the very nature of a servant. That's what he demonstrated in John chapter 13. That's what he demonstrated when he picked up the towel and was willing to wash the feet of his disciples. He was saying, this is something new. Positioning himself in a place of humility and love and serving. What kind of impact would it make if we decided to pick up the towel and start serving and loving one another? The second characteristic that we see in the way of the towel is the way of the towel necessitates receiving the love of Jesus. Let's look at verse 6. It says this, he came to Simon Peter who said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? And Jesus replied, you do not realize now what I am doing, but later you will understand. No, Peter said, you shall never wash my feet. And Jesus answered, unless I wash your feet, you have no part with me. You see, all of this was too much for Peter. 
All of this was too much for him to handle. As I said, in this culture, for the master to get up and to be the one who would, who would take uh, off the outer garment and pick up the towel as an apron around and stoop low to wash feet, that was shocking. And Peter said, no, I cannot receive this. No, you cannot do this for me. Lord, are you going to wash my feet? I can imagine Peter there. And Jesus comes over and he kind of recoils and pulls his feet back and says, are you going to wash my feet? Really, me? Jesus says, you're not, you don't understand what's going on. One, one day, you're going to understand. You're, you're, later on, you're going to understand this. And Peter's like, no, 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 no. You're not doing this for me. Not me. I'm not going to let you serve me in that way. I'm not going to allow you to humiliate yourself. And in the strongest negation in the Greek language, he calls Jesus Lord. Look what he says. He says, Lord, are you going to wash my feet, Lord? But then he acts as if he is Lord. No, you're not going to do it because you're not the master. How many times do we say, Lord, but then not allow Jesus to love us, not be able to receive his grace and his mercy? This was not praiseworthy or modest on Peter's part. In fact, Jesus then says to him something very profound. He says, unless I wash you, you have no part with me. You see, the typical Jewish mindset was that there was no place where the Messiah was to be humiliated like this. He must be made to realize, Peter must understand that, that Christ must be humiliated. If Peter could not accept this act of humiliation, then he would certainly have trouble accepting what Jesus was going to do for him at the cross. Friends, did you know when it comes to the feet that there are 7,000 sensory receptors in your feet? Yeah. In fact, I think the feet are one of the most undercared for, undervalued parts of the body. To be honest with you, I don't, I don't think we really recognize just uh, the value of our feet and what our feet are capable of. In fact, uh, oftentimes we abuse our feet and we don't care for them. But in foot reflexology, there is such a thing, foot reflexology, there is a theory that every part of your foot is related to a different part of the body. In fact, if you look this up as I did online, you'll see that they've got different sensors on the bottom of your feet, different places where you can rub that can take care of certain things. So if you've got uh, a backache, a lower backache, or an upper neckache, then there are certain places with your feet that if somebody will just rub and press and, and massage, and if you'll just move a little bit, and then you can find relief in that part of your body. Even things, internal organs like the kidneys and those kind of things, there are certain sensor receptives that they say are in your feet that can bring about healing in your body. Not only that, but, but feet have pores. Feet actually have pores that receive things. And um, you may not be aware of this. We heard this once when our kids were younger and they would just have a, a, a coughing fit. And the, the cough, the little cough they would have would just keep them up all night. Uh, my wife, Jamie, read something about try this method, put Vicks, Vicks Vapor Rub on the bottom of their feet and then put socks on. So we did. We said, well, you know what? We're tired of this. It's keeping them up. It's keeping us up. And, uh, and so we put Vicks Vapor Rub on the bottom of their feet. We put socks on. And you know what? Their coughing stopped. 
I don't understand how it works. I don't know how it works, but I do know that your feet have receptors and pores in them, and they're able to receive things. And sometimes there's good things, and sometimes there's bacteria and other things that you can receive through them that are not so good. So all of this that I find very interesting, because the example that Jesus gives in showing love and humility is to wash the feet of his disciples. And in that very act of washing feet, when he says to Peter, listen, if I don't do this for you, then you have no part of me. What Jesus is saying here is, you must receive what I've done for you out of love in humility, because in doing that, you will find that there will be healing in your entire body spiritually. He moves from the physical to the spiritual. In, in, in that way, just as he does so many times within Scripture, is he moves from spiritual truth to physical truth, whether it was when he spoke to Nicodemus and he said, you must be born again. Unless you are born, of, uh, 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 unless you are born again, you cannot enter the kingdom of heaven. He, he did it with the, with the woman at the well, and here he does it with Peter, and he says, unless you allow me to wash you in a spiritual way, then you are not clean. You have no part of me. It's a cleansing in the spiritual realm from Christ. And and if, if anyone wants to be clean, they need to do it by the regeneration that comes through Jesus Christ and the cross. Look at Titus 3, 5. It says this, He saved us not because of the righteous things we have done, but because of His mercy. He saved us through the washing of rebirth and being renewed and renewal by the Holy Spirit. You see, if we're to serve others, if we're to love others, if we are to be those of the way of the towel, then it starts by receiving the love of Jesus Christ, by receiving the cleansing and the forgiveness of Jesus Christ. For no one can enter the presence of the Lord unless he first submits to this cleansing. You see, the way of the towel is to receive the love and cleansing of Jesus, and it begins by humbly admitting that we need Jesus to forgive us and that we cannot be right with God any other way. Peter learned that truth because later he himself preached in Acts 4.12, and there is salvation in no one else, for there is, neither, there is no other name under heaven that was been given to men by which we must be saved. Peter recognized that it was only through Jesus Christ, and when a man puts his faith in Jesus Christ, it is then and only then that he is clean. From this we learn that unless we radically allow Jesus to serve us, we will never be able to humbly lead and serve others. We see this example by the one who was reclining at the table with Jesus by the name of Judas. Yeah, that Judas. Going back to John 13, 2, this is what the Scripture says. The evening meal was in progress, and the devil had already prompted Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. Notice, before he washes the feet of the disciples, Jesus already knew what was in the heart of Judas. Jesus already knew that Satan had dropped thoughts in Judas's mind of betrayal, and that Judas was on his way to betray him, and yet Jesus served him anyway. Jesus washed his feet anyway. The greatest act of love and humility was to love his enemies, that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And here was Judas reclining at the table, receiving the same humiliation and the same service of his feet being washed as everyone else. And yet in John 13, starting in verse 10, 
it says that Judas did not receive that love. Look how Jesus answered. Those who have a bath need only to wash their feet. Their whole body is clean. And he says, you are clean, though not every one of you. For he knew who was going to betray him, and that is why he said not everyone was clean. You see, Jesus offers his love, and he offers his forgiveness, and he offers his cleansing to us, but you and I have to be willing to open up our hearts and receive it. Judas was not willing to receive the very love and service of Jesus. He had hardened his heart. He had gotten disenfranchised. And friends, how many times are our hearts hardened and we don't receive what Jesus wants to do for us? Let me encourage you today to receive the love that Jesus offers you through the cross. Jesus humbly gave himself on the cross. He humbly loved you enough to die for your sins and he desires for you to be able to receive his love and forgiveness, his healing and his cleansing. But if you don't humble yourself to receive it, then you will continue to be stuck in your sin. Let me encourage you to take the way of the towel and to receive the love that Jesus is offering you today. Thirdly, the third characteristic of the way of the towel is the way of the towel is to serve others in love. In John chapter 13, starting in verse 12, it says that when he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and returned to his place. And then he said this, do you understand what I've done for you? He asked them, you call me teacher and Lord and rightly so, for that is what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, look what he says, you also should wash one another's feet. He says, I've set an example that you should do as I have done for you. Very truly, I say to you, no servant is greater than his master, nor messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. Now, I don't know about you, but I want to be blessed. And Jesus says that, that the way that we are to, to walk is the same example that he gave, and that is that you and I are to pick up the towel, and the way of the towel is to look to serve one another, to look to love one another by serving one another. He returned as a master by putting his outer garment on and returning to that place at the table. He gives that final lesson of encouraging the disciples now to take up the towel themselves, to follow his example. And if the Lord of glory was willing to gird himself with a towel and take on the very form of a servant and act like a slave and wash the dirty feet of his sinful disciples, then it's reasonable that the disciples ought to follow that example and wash wash one another's feet as well. It's an invitation to community. It's an invitation to serve one another in love. And in fact, Jesus' humility is the real lesson. It's a practical humility that governs every area of life, every day life, and every experience of life. In fact, some people think that the nearer you get to God, the further you'll be from man. But that's not true actual proximity to God is to serve someone else. In fact, isn't that the goal of a disciple? Isn't the goal of a disciple to be like the master? To learn the master's ways and to be like the master? And if we are followers of Jesus Christ, if we are disciples of Jesus Christ, then the goal ought to be like Jesus, who humbly gave himself to serve others to love others, to walk in humility. That's the way of the towel. 
In fact, Mark chapter 10, 43 through 45, Jesus said this, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first must be slave of all. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Jesus demonstrated this great example of humility and love by laying aside his garment, laying aside his positional garment, laying that aside, and taking the very posture and position of a slave. The Son of God setting aside, giving us an example of what it is to serve, and later what he would do by laying down his own life on the cross for you and I. He left us the greatest example of love, and he charges us to go and do likewise. Friends, at the moment where Jesus could have been preoccupied with the cross, preoccupied with what was about to happen, instead he chose to serve his disciples by by loving them and by serving them. With that example in mind, let me ask you these questions. What have you been preoccupied with? Maybe you've been preoccupied with yourself. Maybe you've been preoccupied with your situation. Maybe you've been preoccupied with your need. And that preoccupation has caused you to miss loving others, serving others. And like Jesus, maybe it's time to set aside what you've been preoccupied with in yourself so that you can love others. Is there a towel that you need to take so that you can serve those that God is calling you to serve? Have you received the cleansing that Jesus offers you today? Have you received his love? Perhaps like Peter, you're saying, no, I have to earn my way. No, I have to pay for my sins. No, I have to do this. Perhaps you're having trouble receiving the very love of God because you look at yourself and you look at your sin and you say, well, that cannot possibly just be forgiven. He can't possibly just just let that go. I have to show him that I love him. I have to earn it him and Jesus is saying why won't you just receive my love today just receive my forgiveness today for I laid down my life for you and and if you don't allow me in humiliation my humiliation of the cross to serve you and to love you if you do not receive my love then you have no part in me you have no fellowship in me so perhaps today you need to receive the love of Jesus today You need to receive his forgiveness today. I want to invite you to take that step. Friends, finally, are you willing to follow the example of Jesus by serving others? I want us to just bow our heads for a moment, and and I just want to ask you, those that are watching online today, I just want to invite you right now that if you have not received the love of Jesus Christ today. I want to invite you to take that step. If you haven't received the forgiveness of Jesus, I want to invite you to take that step. And I'm going to pray in just a moment. And, and as we do, I just want you to pray with me today. And, uh, and will you just receive the love of Jesus today? If you're struggling with preoccupations and things going on with yourself, will you just begin to pray and say, Jesus, will you just help me to be able to lay that aside so that I can begin to serve others. Come on, let's pray. Will you pray with me today? Dear Jesus, we thank you for your love. We thank you that you loved us and that you served us by laying down, laying down your position, laying down that place of the Son of God, picking up the towel and 
really picking up the cross so that we might receive forgiveness for our sin. Jesus, we ask you today to forgive us of our sin. We ask you today to cleanse us, to wash us clean. We need to be born again. We ask you today to come into our lives. We want to have fellowship with you. And we ask you today to help us to follow your example that in humility we would consider others more important than ourselves, that we would look not to our own interests, but also to the interests of others as you did, and that we would take the way of the towel and we would serve others. We thank you today for salvation. We thank you today for forgiveness. And we ask you today to come into our life and to make us new. In Jesus' name, amen. Friends, if you prayed that prayer, if you received Jesus' love, maybe it was the first time or maybe you uh, had done it at one time, but you know, you, you sense you've walked away from the Lord and you've recommitted your life to Christ, will you just let us know? Can you just let us know in the comments uh, here or maybe email us info at painesvilleag.com or if you've downloaded our app, there's a decision card uh, there on the app that you can fill out, but we just want to hear from you. We want to know if you've made that decision to follow Christ. Friends, let's take the way of the towel. When our world is preoccupied with self, let's show them something different as disciples of Jesus by being willing to walk humbly and willing to serve. Will you take the way of the towel today? God bless you, and I thank you so much for being with us today, and we pray God's blessing over you and your week. Have a great week. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. We pray that you're encouraged by this message. For more information about Painesville Assembly of God, visit PainesvilleAG.com.